0: You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Hi, and welcome to The Compass, the podcast documenting the struggles of life as an artist. I'm Leah Walsh. My guest today is Yara Travieso. Yara is a director, a choreographer, filmmaker, and dancer. She was in the dance program at Juilliard in my graduating class. And although we weren't super, super close at school, I've always been drawn to her drive and her passion for supporting fellow female artists. Since graduating, she's been making just really expansive multimedia work. It's really innovative, and I'm so excited for you to hear this conversation. And also, happy birthday, Yara! It's this weekend, so thank you so much for sharing with me. If you have a moment, please rate and review the podcast on iTunes. It'll help other artists find us, and I would really appreciate it. I hope you enjoy the 85th episode of The Compass.
1: Do you do to try to keep from going to the dark side as an artist? Oh man. Do you think like the dark side in every aspect like mm-hmm. emotional, creative, financial like everything personal
0: everything I guess when you when you think about your life as an artist
1: mm-hmm. Yeah yeah actually it's 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 like a never-ending it's a never-ending conversation. It's a never-ending thing. In yeah, your and, life, that, right? and that's
0: why I like to talk about it because it's something that we have to deal with our whole life, our whole careers.
1: Completely, it is. And I used to have different techniques mm-hmm. than I do now, and it's really funny. Every time I figure out the technique, I'm like, "This is how I should be every time," <laughs> and this is how, this is what I should do every time I'm in the dark side. But then, of course, you grow, and then you need different things. Right, it and it evolves. Think it evolves. Yeah totally when I was younger like not going to the dark side was just diving deeper into the the work and that's like no good right now it's <laughs> <laughs> dangerous right now I think I'm in a I'm in a different place where I did dive really deep into the work which made me um understand a lot more about myself personally because the work I was diving into was more personal work mm. um it's weird. It was one of those experiences where the work is kind of coping. It's like yeah. the work is kind of therapeutic. It's but like influencing you in mm-hmm. your
0: daily life in a way too. In your daily
1: life, yeah. Mm-hmm. And it, it and it's interesting too because even the works that you create you don't mean you don't think are very personal in like a month's time after you see it and you see it exist in the world for me I don't know about anyone else it hits me it's like oh my god (laughs) that was so personal and I didn't realize it while I was in it until now um and I never really understood that kind of way of creating you know just like allowing the story to develop because there's a subconscious aspect um that is personal to you that is a part of you and just be okay with the choices that you're making for the characters or the story but um Understanding that now in my life is such a gift. Because after each work, no matter how I feel about the work, whether or not I feel like it succeeded or it didn't, because that's a really hard feeling when you finish the work and you judge it. So no matter how I feel about the work, what I do have to hold on to is like the investigative part of the work, like post-show. It's like, okay, let's figure out what this is saying. You know, and right that and you're like
0: learning things about exactly. yourself that you didn't even realize.
1: Totally, you had made. and it's almost like I'm learning things from the wisest part of me. You know, mm. it's it's beyond it's beyond it's not a, a sort of naive uh, story, like a naive um, sort of explosion of creativity. It's it's it comes from a deeper place. It comes from something. Oh, it almost feels like future me hmm. is trying to take care of me by speaking through my work, it really, that's what it feels like. And maybe that's just how I've decided to approach it. It's a very, it's almost a nurturing experience. You know, you make the work, you put it out in the world, and then the work takes care of you in a weird way, (laughs) in that you go back to the work, and you analyze it, or you see it separate. And it's almost like someone telling you the story of you. Um,
0: Do you feel like that's allowed you to put a little less pressure on yourself, like during the process? knowing that you Mm -hmm. also have this subconscious thing that's working that you're going to appreciate afterward. Definitely. You just let it be a little bit more instead of being too controlling about it.
1: Yes, absolutely. And this is a new experience for me because it's happening more now. Uh I think before... The feeling of less pressure would come from I had nothing to lose, you know? <laughs> like I would be in a really fucked up dark place. <laughs> I'm like, well, I've nothing to lose. I'm really, really down the right. well. Like, Which is powerful in its own way. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And then there's a weird um, gray area, right? Where it's like you go from having nothing to lose to having some to lose, but you're not like everything to lose, mm-hmm. right? And that area is a little tricky, I think, because you're always at the edge you never feel safe you never feel like you can take you never feel like you can take big risks because you're always like on the brink of stability mm. but then also on the brink of complete instability and that place i've been in for a very long time and that's a really it, it gets weird because you can kind of almost get used to being in that place and something that i've realized instead of like allowing yourself to fall and be really unstable and go back into the, like, dark ditch to then pull yourself out and have this sort of, like, Venus rising from the ashes moment, Um, which you hear all the time as, like, these, like, wonderful creative, like, narratives, right? This is how, you like, this great work was made. It was like the Venus rose from the ashes from, like, this really dark time, (laughs) Um, which is totally a motivator. But instead of doing that kind of cycle, I think I chose to... Not see my process in that way, not see it in this kind of, um, because it was becoming that in this kind of destructive and then re- like, and then recreating, you know, and then cleaning it up and then destroying it and then cleaning it up. both myself, my body, everything. Mm-hmm. It was this was very like a um, dangerous cycle and was exhausting me, and it was putting me to the place of not wanting to make work anymore. But I have to make work.
0: (laughs) There's no way around it. Has it been a gradual change, or do you think did you have a moment where you realized, okay, this is a hard way of working. I need to find a healthier path.
1: Yeah, I had a moment. I almost. I think people. I think we do this as humans. I think we we want to tell ourselves something, and we figure out ways to tell ourselves these things. I think we are incredibly resilient, and as creators, and as people that are creating, you know work that is coming from a personal place, I think that we have different uh, packages of messages we give to ourselves, whether it's through, like I said, the work, or whether it's through choices that we make. For example, the last show I made was insane. It was was so much work. It was, I mean, it was impossible. It was the impossible. And of course, I took that on, right?
0: Yeah. I mean, I told you, I still haven't seen it, but it looked very complicated it, it so many layers so many layers
1: yeah i think that, oh my god the, you have no idea like the layers it's it's the concept conceptually the concept is layered and the way we did it was layered everything was layered can you tell the
0: listeners a little bit about what it was oh my god before we yeah. get to the moment you're talking are about
1: are you ready <laughs> <laughs> here we go it was um it was a feature film that we shot, edited, streamed and broadcast live uh, for a live audience that was watching the film inside the set the sound stage where it was shot as well as an audience that was watching the film all around the world as a live stream, and they could interact. But the work itself had so many layers. It was a film, so there was a script, a screenplay. It was a musical, so there was a libretto. It, <laughs> was, <laughs> it was a live theatrical performance right. with choreography and live music and musicians and set designs and stages and costumes and hair and makeup and all the things and lighting design and everything you can imagine (laughs) as a theater production would be right except this theater production had four stages as opposed to one stage and we had three camera women that every angle and every shot was hyper choreographed because the whole film was created to be watched live so there was no room for two takes, three takes. Right. Essentially, we were making a theatrical musical that was immersive and a feature film that was live broadcasted at the same time. <laughs> Stupid. <laughs> and, and I was editing it live. Oh my so God. Every, single sh- every single cut was scripted. So my entire experience behind the booth was... With the music, counting, five, six, seven, camera, one, two, three, four, cut, two, three, four, two, two, three, four, camera, three, two, three, pan, pan, one, two, three. It was crazy. I wish
0: you had had another camera on you.
1: I know. Because
0: it would have been a whole other performance I backstage. Think, I
1: think it's. I think we recorded the audio, which is a horrible. Like, it's the most terrifying thing to listen but
0: to. But it's just another kind of choreography. That's
1: It is. It is. It is. It was, everything was, everything was with counts everything was planned everything was scripted um and of course writing the script you know creating every angle you know every storyboard the choreography um the sort of like the actor like staging the actors right and then thank god for my incredible collaborators who took on you know like sam crawford did this incredible music score and libretto that everyone wants like an album of it. Cause it's so good. And <laughs> it's so good. It's, re- I just listen to it now even just hanging out um, and set design and lighting design. It was amazing. I have like this great team and camera ops and DPs and cinematographers and they were they're just like, killing it and costumes it was like it was amazing but it was a lot it was a lot and um and oh and I produced it as well so I had to find the yeah. money Jeez, yeah that was it that was if I had only been creating the work I think it would have I would have been able to do it but I think that's a whole other pressure yeah yeah funding this kind of monster while making it but it had to be that way you know I mean in a lot of my work I have to be the one that kind of takes the reins and the funding because I want to make what I want to make and right. I'm not gonna I'm not going to do anything it's else. Not <laughs>
0: easy. Your work isn't easy. And so you mm-hmm. have to yeah. make it happen.
1: Yeah. There's no infrastructure for it. Yeah. yeah. Well,
0: I mm-hmm. want to talk more about that. But yeah. so now that we've heard what that piece is, yeah. was, what, what was this <laughs> moment that kind of made you realize you had to change your process a little bit?
1: Oh my God. It was throughout the whole thing. Just like every step of the way, feeling like I was pushing myself to a new limit that I didn't ever want to see. Like I was meeting parts of myself that I had never met because I was so exhausted, mm. I was so drained, I was so scared, I was so um, overwhelmed, and I was meeting new parts of myself. And in a way, in a way that it was, oh, hi, new Yada, I've never seen you in this scenario. What's going on, girl? How you doing over <laughs> there? Like you falling apart a little bit? <laughs> like it was. There were some,
0: some. I'm sure there were also parts of you you were meeting that were. Positive,
1: yeah, there were parts but, that I was meeting that were really but then the overworked parts. I think <laughs> I think in <laughs> general scary. the fact that I was able to like keep it together and keep the mm-hmm. ship running and keep my team happy because um, that was a priority. I think that that was oh wow I could I could do this and honestly like I did it and I did it successfully yeah. and I didn't fall apart and like there was no crash and burn. But then afterwards um, I had a series of episodes that were interesting both physically like my health just kind of like freaked right right? so I had series of like my body is so in tune with my everything Uh. that if I ever feel uncomfortable around a human being or with a situation or if there's something happening deeper my body will respond Mm -hmm. in very interesting ways so this time it chose to respond with a series of really interesting allergic reactions Like one after the other, one after the other, nonstop, and it was really like my body was just taken over with hives for two months. I had like my hands blew up the size of a balloon. I had to go to the hospital. Like just wild, almost like surreal. Yeah, but it was almost like magic, like surreal kind of body horror. Surrealist painting or something. Oh my god. Yeah. 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 Totally. But like body horror. Like (laughs) like I. It was like 1980s movie of like like. who am I? Um, I'm a monster. So that, that was interesting. Um, and it it continued throughout, you know, after the premiere of the work. Uh, and then also just kind of seeing the world around me after I had been completely immersed in this work and feeling like, I always feel kind of like questioning, like, this is insane. Like I, 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 I'm, I'm not, able to, to take on so much and I'm burning myself out and just feeling like just a little bit in the sort of like dark side of, of whether or not I could actually accomplish the kinds of works that I wanted to make. And Mm. if I was, if I, if I had enough tools to be able to do it and yeah, it just hit me. I was almost waiting for this information, but I just decided to take action, right? As opposed to like sitting with these feelings, I just decided to take action and start asking, um, people that were wiser than me or that I thought were wiser than me. Just asking them questions and asking them for patterns. I was looking for patterns. I was looking for new ways to have a conversation with myself every day. Mm -hmm. Um, because the one I was having was, was not working. Um, it was leading me to maybe I shouldn't be doing this and that was not, not okay. You know? Um, and I had one person in my life tell me, tell me, stop asking yourself because this is what you're doing. This is who you are. You're meant to make work. Like every poor of you is meant to create. You've been doing it your whole life. You're meant to do it. You should be doing it, and sometimes you just need to hear someone outside of you tell you me that.
0: they mean stop asking yourself?
1: Stop asking yourself if you, yourself should, be if you should be making. Work or were you or not?
0: asking how should I? Be
1: no, it doing was it? stop asking yourself if you should be creating. Stop. That's a waste of energy. Mm-hmm. Just know that you should be, and that's who you. It's not even should I should or should I not. It's just who you are. Right. And I can't, and when, when you hear something that's very true to you, you just, you just know it, you feel it in your bones. In that moment, I, was, I just needed someone to, to let me off the hook of. Yeah. 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 To let me off the hook. And from that moment on, honestly, I realized wow, I'm wasting, I'm putting my energy in a lot of wrong places. And I went through a few months of just cleaning house, going through every single part of my life and deciding where the energy was not efficient and was not helping me. Uh, and where the energy was efficient and was helping me. And it's been, so far, really awesome. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I mean. What are some of the things you decided to cut out? The biggest one that has shifted immediately things uh, was that I was putting most of my energy in taking care of my team. I was uh, focusing so much and making sure that their experience was a freeing one. I was making sure that they felt that this was a sort of like horizontal um, uh, working environment. Wow. I was making sure that, you know, I, I, that, you know, w- uh, an actress had uh, child care on Sunday and my other, dancer had childcare on Thursday and I would try to figure out how to arrange that and I was there was just so many elements and every little part of it because I wanted to take care of them and I wanted this to be an experience that was freeing for them as in my mind when I create I feel free the irony was that I was becoming it was the same way as a mother does I was becoming a mother that was so fully entrenched in her children she forgot Got to take care of herself and she forgot to to know who she was. And the more I entrenched myself into taking care of the team, the farther I was from the work, and the less I connected with the script. And it it made for a really confusing process, I think, Mm -hmm. because the sort of like the more the more I would take care of the team, the less I would understand what I was making. And, and Which we,
0: probably doesn't help them in the end no. anyway, if you're the mm-hmm. leader and you're not as connected as you want to be.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. And so I decided that I was going to try to call myself out on times where I let my brain go into, how do I make sure this person feels good, feels confident, feels satisfied in the process, feels you know, like this is worth it? And I decided that I, I wasn't going to worry about that anymore. Right. There's also, like, an insecurity of being, like, a female director yeah. and not wanting to be, like, this asshole male, like, you know, like, which which you the hear... The archetype. So, yeah, yeah, the archetype. And you hear so many horror stories from your performers and from friends of, like, you know, like this dickhead director that they dealt with. And, and I've dealt with so many yeah. male producers that really just don't think about you as a human being. And, and sort of I, I thought of it as almost, like... Like it was my duty right. to to open to sort of like carve out a space for this egalitarian way of creativity, um,
0: which is a beautiful idea. But you you obviously went too far. Too far,
1: far girl. Too far. <laughs> <laughs> too far. Well, that's I was like anybody want to be breastfed? anybody anybody? <laughs>
0: like it was getting real, real. That's a huge realization, though.
1: Yeah, it was it was really big. I had and then the second major one. I think probably the biggest one was. Uh-huh. Um, just listening to the conversation I was having with myself, how is motivating myself um, to create? And I think something happens sometimes when we're so deep in a work and there's so much pressure. We look for motivation anywhere, and sometimes it's, it can get really dark in your head. Like, the motivation to create work and the conversation you're having with yourself stops being about the work and stops being, like, about the story that you're trying to develop and you feel like you right. need to get out. And it starts being a very negative, almost like a really bad boot camp coach. Like, fear. Fear. Like, what are you fear doing? Things. You worm. You're nothing. Get it together. You suck. Go, go, go. Go, go, go. Let I totally know what you mean. Oh my God, it's so real. It's really real. And I think women, I think honestly, like women feel this so deeply. And I've spoken to a lot of my female collaborators. And this voice is so loud for us.
0: How have you been trying to let it go? Because it's hard to get, if something's not happening that's giving you the positive reinforcement, it's easy to just keep going down that,
1: that path it's so it's so loud now because i can hear it that's what it is i decided to listen to how i was talking to myself right and i had heard from people that i was too hard on myself and the way that i saw myself was not who i was and i had heard that from people in my life that i i find very close to me like you know ex-boyfriends and 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 people that i you know are really people that i love and trust and and i had heard that my sister for one is my most amazing. She's my best friend, but she would always say, I, I, you know, like the way you see yourself is not actually who you are. Right. And I, you know, you just kind of dismiss that because you're like, no, only I know who I am. And I know the dark shit. They don't know right. the dark shit. They only see the cute stuff. <laughs> <laughs> they only see what I let them see. They, only see, what I let them see. <laughs> they see the curated shit. Um, I'm curating this for you. Um, but actually, actually, oh my God. We all have dark stuff, and the reality is that so much of our attention is put on the dark stuff, and that was what was happening. All my attention was going towards um, these sort of tendencies or habits that I have, that I've had since I was a child, Uh that aren't necessarily detrimental or negative. They're just habits that I have. It's just habits that I could choose to start working on, right? But it's not who I am. And it was just listening to the conversation. And as soon as I, I made that choice to to start having a better conversation with myself, that all came from realizing that I was a single mom taking care of. I'm not a single mom at all. <laughs> the <but> whole cast. <laughs> yeah, I felt like a single mom. I had a process of the single mom process. where I was like, oh my god. I'm like a single have mom have with too many jobs, yeah. too much on my plate, too many kids to take care of. And, and I forgot who I was and i and i'm you know damaging my soul in the process so let me start listening to myself how can stella get her groove back and <laughs> really that was a little bit of it um, and it was a lot of li- like listening to the patterns and every time i would hear the way i would motivate myself it was scary it was like it's true
0: it was crazy you know, frankie and i talk about this a lot and it's easy you know i feel like i see my friends with so much compassion Mm-hmm. And I see, I see the good in them. I, w- I will forgive them <laughs> yes. at the drop of a hat for some, you know, something they did without really thinking about it. I will, I will um, give them the benefit of the doubt. Oh and then bad. when it's myself. I will beat myself up. I will <laughs> Forget be
1: it. Yeah, you're and like, no way. Frankie, there's no I room. know I've said
0: this before on the podcast, but Frankie and I will say, he, he'll be like, be nice to my wife. Yes.
1: Do you think <laughs> and that I'll comes? I'll say it back to him. I'll yeah. like,
0: be nice to my husband. Be nice like, to
1: my husband. Um, do you think that comes from also, like for you, do you think that comes from like your like training, your acting training? Like, do you think there's a maybe. part of you?
0: I But I also think it's that feeling of like, you just have to work harder. Yeah. If nothing's happening, then you just have to work you just have harder to and work. Don't be comfortable. Be more miserable while yeah. you're working harder. That obviously yeah. means that you're doing something yeah. about it. Yeah. yeah.
1: yeah, Like the the notion of you just kind of hanging out and letting chips fall is insane.
0: Right. Even though that could be doing something positive for your soul or just your subconscious and your imagination working through
1: Absolutely. something. Absolutely,
0: It doesn't feel like you're muscling yeah. and working hard.
1: Yeah. Where does that fucking come from? Sorry. Where does know. that
0: come from? <laughs> I mean, I do, I feel like I do know what it, where it comes from. It's just a big part of our culture, mm-hmm. but I don't think it's very helpful. For
1: no, artists. no. Or really like for anyone. I mean, it's a very like sort of, I, I think it's like a very Western Yeah. way of going about your day. I mean, I would even say like, it's a very American thing because my cousins and my family, like they're, they're not like that. Yeah. <laughs> they're, they, Whenever they come and visit, they make fun of m- 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 like my siblings, and, and they're just like, why are you guys working so hard? Let's go to the beach. Let's just go <laughs> and enjoy the beautiful day. So I, I think a big yeah, part of it is I, cultural. I, wish I had
0: a little more of that.
1: Yeah, right? Yeah.
0: Can you tell me a little bit about your family and how they yeah. how they um, Taken you choosing to be an artist for your profession
1: really easily <laughs> really <laughs> it's not it's not um, it's not a challenge for me I've been really blessed with growing up as an artist um, because okay. my parents are artists and my what,
0: a, what kind of artist
1: well my father's an architect but he's been That's painting right. yeah. I remember
0: you wore that jacket. Oh, of his. You remember? When you came to see Lucy's dance piece. Oh that my I was god, you have such
1: good memory. I, I just
0: remember you saying, "Oh, it's my
1: dad's architecture
0: jacket." Yeah.
1: Just oh art my Architecture, gosh. architect. Jacket. You have such amazing memory. <laughs> That's incredible. Um, oh Lucy, I miss her. Oh, I know. I hope but she I need to talk to her for oh, this too. She's the best. Um, she's got such an awesome energy. Yeah, my dad's an architect, but he had been painting. he was a watercolor painter and our our house is full of his paintings and he really has the soul of a a philosopher I think he Mm -hmm. has like the soul of a wise writer I think he's trying to write now that he's older he's trying to like put some of his ideas in paper but he's very philosophical very conceptual thinker so we grew up with a lot of that and my mother and he's sort of like a sort of like like he feels like a stew, like a slow simmering stew. My mother is like this wild wave of energy. It's like colors and everything just fly past you. And she, <laughs> I love that you're even talking about them as painting. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> totally. And my dad, I had to say my dad's stew because he's an amazing chef, like cook, and I love all his soups and everything. So I was just thinking of my dad as like one of his soups. <laughs> and my mom and, and my mom's a it's funny, I was thinking of my mom with her clothes because she designs clothes. And I was okay. just thinking of like one of her like colorful dresses like whoosh, in the wind. But she's she's everything. Honestly, she's like a Renaissance woman. She she's a mosaic artist. So our whole house is full of mosaics. She's a designer. So everything I wear, not right now, but usually everything I wear is made by her. Um, Oh my goodness. Yeah. Like all the crazy flowy dresses. Uh-huh. That's all my mom. And so she's, she does not, she, you know, she's just like, like oozing creativity. So she'll figure some, like if she wants to do something, she'll learn how to do it and then she'll make it. Um, she got into like cake making once she (laughs) did sculptures once she was very
0: tactile yes
1: very she's a visual artist she's a painter too i mean she hasn't painted in a long time but she used to be a painter and a sculptor she used to make these big rope sculptures and she's she's just like oozing make create all the time and my brother is an amazing artist too he's my brother and my sister are my best friends, and my brother lives here in New York, and he's married to my best friend, my other best friend, Esme, <laughs> not my sister, that would be weird. Who also <laughs> went to school with us, yeah. Who also went to school with us, and she's an incredible choreographer. My brother, he, he's an activist, uh, architectural designer, and an artist, and so he creates really beautiful sort of um, public artworks that have sort of like major poetic Elements and components, and he collaborates with different neighborhoods and communities to to create the projects. So it's it's really beautiful. I mean, my brother is very similar to my father in that they're very incredibly philosophical. So you really just sit and have like hour long conversations about with my brother particularly about like philosophy, politics, and love. He loves talking about love, (laughs) and my sister is incredible human. The biggest heart yield over me and she's um she's a jewelry designer she's she's like my mom she's anything anytime anywhere so she creates any like she can make anything out of anything and right now she like designs like these epic jewelry pieces are so wild and also she's taken on (laughs) this is really crazy because she can go really wild with it she's she's the equivalent of like me in projects with this She creates these like children's birthday parties that are so epic (laughs) and so for
0: other people or for for her
1: kid and for other people. But for her kids, she'll work on it for like a year. It's like a quinceañera, but her baby's (laughs) one or two. But anyways, yeah. So we grew up with that kind of energy, and and our house was so it felt like just an artwork and
0: where are you in the birth order I'm the
1: youngest yeah I'm the youngest but um yeah we grew up making work and and painting on the floor and painting on uh, our walls are painted on yeah it was just a very creative environment And my father used to always say like as like as long as you're creative you can do anything you can figure anything out and that's really rare for like to be a first generation American kid and have like immigrant parents be like your American dream is gonna be an artist. You know, that's, <laughs> it's kind of exciting. But we still had that sort of same pattern of like the sort of first generation kid of like work your butt off, you know? Because mm-hmm. if you're gonna be an artist, you better get full scholarships you at, you know. You gotta be the best. Yeah, you gotta be the best, exactly. Yeah. So we had a, it was a nice balance. Yeah. Yeah, you're great. Um, Are your parents artists? I don't I know. know that. No? No, my
0: mom is very creative and she's an entrepreneur in a lot of ways and involved really? in education and stuff. And she's actually, hi mom, <laughs> she's been <laughs> loving the podcasting Aww. so that it's really allowed her to think of herself more as an artist because she is always like creating these ideas, but she's always thought of it in the business world.
1: That, so, I feel like that makes so much sense. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. Um, but my dad is an engineer.
0: He was in the Navy. Like Whoa. Very, and my yeah. brother is an engineer now. Wow. Very, and my grandfather was an engineer. <laughs> They're very much like analytical. What
1: part of your brain? Problem solving. Do you have that? You have that. I can be very
0: practical. Yeah. I can be very practical in That's some ways. Good. But yeah, like it's amazing. My It was interesting because my brother and I grew up acting together when we were kids. No way. And then he went to college for engineering and i went to college for acting oh like my god you really just split diverged <laughs> in the woods um, you go. but he he can still like appreciate what i do yeah. and he's actually like i think sought after in his office to do like he can public speak and do presentations right, cuz a way that he a lot has of engineers that. don't but he's amazing it's he can great. fix
1: anything he'll come up wow with so this. he's got that brain he's got that engineer brain he will brain.
0: come and if he visits but, you know, there'll be some janky New York apartment yeah, thing with yeah. my apartment. He'll just be like,
1: I'm just going to do this. Oh, <laughs> like my God. Like, suddenly everything's he's fixed. He's the dream visitor. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. He can stay in my it's apartment magical. next time he's in town. <laughs> <laughs> I have so many things I'm waiting for, like, my next boyfriend to fix. <laughs> it's not It's – I'm next a feminist. It has nothing to do with that. Uh, I'll I just, bring him by yes. and he'll be like, oh, I can do it. Here, let me get out my, like, soldering iron <laughs> and I'll,
0: like, figure this out.
1: <laughs> awesome. I love it. Um, so was it weird when you – Came out (laughs) as an actor. Because we had grown up doing it the whole time. Oh, cool. So you just stayed with it. That's great that your parents exposed you to it and they weren't part of that world. Yeah, they have been
0: really supportive of it.
1: That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So you grew up in Miami?
1: I did.
0: And I was <laughs> so excited.
1: I think every Miami person is really excited they grew up in Miami.
0: <laughs> I mean I've come to love it through Frankie. Mm-hmm. It's beautiful. I love
1: that you go there so Did much. Did you go to like one of what was it? New, New World. World. I went to Arts High School. I went to the best place on earth. <laughs> it's still my favorite institution ever. I think it's when I whenever and I hope someone from New World ends up listening to this, but whenever I make a ton of money, they're gonna be the first place it goes to. <laughs> like it is, it is really the most incredible place. It really is.
0: I guess what I'm curious about is, like, were you so focused on dance there? Because when I met you, it was at Juilliard. Mm-hmm. You were in this intensive program mm-hmm. for dancers. Yeah. But now you do everything. You're a yeah. director. You're so into film, all this stuff. Like, when did that start? Or when did you realize that, oh, you know what? I, it's not really yeah. my goal to be in a modern company. I want to be yeah. doing my own
1: shit. Girl. <laughs> Yeah, it was since I was little. I knew I didn't want to be a dancer. I know that sounds crazy, uh, but I felt it. I felt it in dance class. And I also was making films when I was little. And I was making weird. I remember for my quinceanera, that's a thing people have in Latin America. (laughs) It's like Sweet 16, but you're quince, you're 15, and you wear a big white dress, and you look like a cake. Um, So for my quinceanera, I just wanted money so I can buy my first camera, so I can shoot my film projects so I was making movies since I was a little kid and like weird like (laughs) multimedia projects I guess I can't (laughs) wait for Yara's retrospective oh my god someone please make it that sounds I so see it much it fun. Mama. There's there's one movie I made where I have two sh- two sharks, two of my good friends. One of them is my brother, and the, the other one is a good friend, Andres, dressed in a shark suit that I sewed myself.
0: Take that, Katy Perry. Yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs> and they and the final scene is the two sharks um, dancing tango and having like a sort of really beautiful like like love intimate moment and the movie ends I mean there's some good stuff I there's some that. weird <laughs> shit um but uh but yeah I was making movies and the thing is I had a lot of energy and I had a lot of like performative drive but I knew I wanted to create so I wasn't sure what that looked like and my parents put me in acting classes okay. with my brother actually my brother was brilliant <laughs> and it's funny because you meet him now and you would never know because he's he's doesn't seem like an actor he was so good (laughs) he was like the way he like he could cry as an it was just mind-blowing but I was terrible at acting I just couldn't I was in like high school or younger younger we were kids we were like I don't remember it was like a community college program and we were like maybe 10 11 12 Um, And so I was terrible, but I was like, I want to, I have too much energy. I want to move my body. I want to, and I saw um, this group dance flamenco in like a street festival. And I was like, that's what I want to do. I want to do that because it was so intense. And also the dancer was the musician. She was creating the sound with her feet and she was singing and she was creating the sound with her with her hands. And I was like, I want to do that. I want to embody the whole world, the whole show. Um, So I started doing flamenco classes and I loved it. It was, it was everything, but I didn't love it. Like I'm going to be a flamenco dancer. I just loved it. You know, I loved, I appreciated it so much and I loved it and I loved dancing flamenco, but I, I could never really see that as my future. But I kept at it. And through that, I started taking dance, like more ballet, modern classes. But I wanted to make these visual things. So while I was doing that, I remember making these storyboards where I would Cut old magazines that a friend of my mom's would give me. She would give me like vintage, vintage, weird magazines that were falling apart because uh-huh. she knew I loved vintage clothes and everything. And I would cut out these weird characters and I would create collages out of these cut out characters of like the story, right? <laughs> and then, of course, in there I would have like different movements from these characters. And then I was like, oh, this will be my choreography. So I'll create the choreography with these like weird collages. And then I would just like mimic the weird movements that these like strange models would do I love as like a weird choreography and then I would turn it into, like, movement. But it all came from a story, and it all came from a visual thing. And I just felt like I needed to make it into movement because that was kind of, like, what people wanted me to do. <laughs> but the, the the feeling to make was really, like, from a visual hmm. uh, a narrative place, right? Um, and I grew up with a visual arts family, so it wasn't weird at all. And my parents got it. They kind of understood it. And once I started doing film stuff with some, a group of friends at New World, we started this festival called Borscht Film Festival, okay. and um, and we basically would get together and just make these movies. And a lot of it had to do with like, you know, some of the members of the festival were composers or musicians, and then some of them, you know, that we would just come from everywhere. And our high school didn't have a, a film department, so we kind of made a makeshift film department. I was the historian, so I had access to all the camera equipment. <laughs> and, and it was really funny. I was, like, lobbying to be the historian every year so that I would still have access to the camera equipment, but the actual historian duties... Oh, you were duties, just,
0: like, going around the school documenting stuff? Yeah,
1: I was supposed to just document things, right. and, you know, what? I, I would just make these epic films at the end of the year. This was the time to, like, show off, like, our film projects. <laughs> we're like, this is our screening! It's, like we made a musical once. <laughs> I love that. And it was like this is the, like this is a screening of like the students. I hadn't thought oh, yeah. about that in so long actually. Um, but yeah, I had been making movies I, lear- I taught myself how to edit with my friend Peter. We would like stay up all night and we would just edit edit edit. And um, so I just I was making films and I actually applied to film school out of high school. I wanted to create I didn't know what I wanted to make, but I knew it it had to involve cinema and I wanted to bring in you know, my love for theater and dance. and But I didn't want it to be dance because I just, I felt in my gut I needed to be something, the way I saw things were so visual and mm-hmm. story. Um, but then, it's a long story, but I didn't apply for Juilliard. I didn't even apply. This what? is really weird. Okay. I didn't know this story. I didn't, Juilliard was like the only dance school. I applied to like a couple dance schools and the rest I applied to schools that I can make my own major uh-huh. or schools that I can do like, like CalArts, like, like multimedia, um, or like film. And um, so, what happened, see what ha- happened was <laughs> <laughs> um, I entered this program called Young Arts, which uh-huh. is an amazing organization. And the director of the jewelry dance department happened to be in the audience while I was doing the competition. It was a competition. And we, everyone in our school had to do it, it was mandatory. And if you're in dance, you have to do dance. And if you're in theater, you have to do theater. So I did it. And I made it to the final round. And in the final round, you have a performance. It so happens that the president, the director of the Juilliard Dance Department was there because the next day was the audition for Juilliard. He wouldn't have been there otherwise. Long story short, my dean is like, you have to go. You have to go to the audition. because." And also, like, Baryshnikov happened to be there too because he was leading the competition. And, he was, and so it was like this hilarious. Situation where it was like Burzhnikov, the director of the dance division, and my dean from my high school were like having dinner. And my dean called me, he's like, Go to bed. You have to go to this audition tomorrow. I was like, Okay, crazy dean. (laughs) Like, I didn't believe him. And then he's like, You have to. Don't make me look bad. And I was like, Oh God. Okay. And I loved my dean. Yeah. No thanks. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I can't. I was like, Because he was also this incredible, my dean was like an amazing mentor for me. So I went, and it was so funny. It was really like, Okay, I just didn't really understand what was happening and I just uh-huh. went like I went rolling my eyes the whole time. Like there's no right. like this so is like, ridiculous. I to the schools I want to but also, to. like, I'm not gonna get in, like this is ridiculous. I bet they're just asking everyone that was in the competition, whatever. This is this is silly. Um, and I did the audition, and if that experience has taught me anything, it is to give zero fucks. Yeah. <laughs> I mean that is the thing
0: we all tell ourselves, and it's true. It's but so it's hard. True. It's hard to do it's in the moment when it's things that you do care about. When
1: it's things that, and in when that you have
0: moment, when you've like tricked yourself because mm-hmm. you, you did never put the pressure on yourself.
1: Exactly. In moments where the pressure is there because you've been sitting with it for too long or you've been yeah. wanting it too long, give zero fucks. In other words, <laughs> don't don't Advice need things. Advice of the year. Advice of the year. <laughs> give zero fucks. Give zero fucks. It really works. In other words, I think the way that can be translated is don't need it, right? Like, yeah. don't feel like you need it. It's um
0: difficult to do, but I agree It's so difficult you. to do.
1: So, um, so, yeah, so I did the audition. And it was chill, chill. I was so chill. I was like, pirouette, I got it. Like, I was so, I've never been that chill in my life. I don't know what it was. I was just like, oh, this? Oh, yeah, yeah, no, I can, I can balance here for a little while. I'm, I'm good it was great so anyway so that was that was great and and once I got into Juilliard I was like it was a major opportunity my parents were like this is huge and it's it was weird I couldn't say no it felt like I couldn't say no right um and also this, they gave me that biggest scholarship so that was really great um and it was it was a little scary going in because I was like am I gonna lose myself am I gonna lose right. who I am
0: four years of not what I thought I was gonna be doing yes
1: and even, I even told the, the president, the director, that in our interview. Um, and, and it's a
0: strict program. Yeah, like, they don't... I it's know crazy. We, small group of us found ways to yeah. collaborate and do other things. Well, you guys, strict.
1: your program was, like, what I wanted.
0: Yeah. <laughs> it was like, can I just go over there and just...
1: Yeah, um, but yeah. It was
0: hard. It wasn't really like encouraged. No, was,
1: no. I was, I was, I was people. the bad kid. I had never been the bad kid before. <laughs> Talk about like being the bad kid. I was threatened so many times to get kicked out of that school. It was really stressful because I didn't know if I was gonna get invited back the next year. Um, but I needed to make what I needed to make. And my parents were so supportive. They were like, "If you lose your scholarship, we understand. Hmm. You're being yourself." I would just make my work. I was, I was going to class. I was being a good kid. I wouldn't even go out. My friend Marla just reminded me, she's like, Marla and Dylan were both like, you never went out in college. You just stayed in and worked. Because it was my only time to do the work that I actually wanted to do. All day, I would dance. And I would feel so not in my body, not in my head, and just so like I need to do this, like something that I just needed to do. Mm-hmm. And then when I would get home or to the tiny dorm, that's when I could be free and create. So I would stay up so late, just like writing shit, making projects, writing scripts, watching these weird movies, and that for me was so much. I would never drink. I would just do that, mm-hmm. uh, and and I continued to develop the film festival in Miami while I was at Juilliard. So I was, you know, running that while I was um, studying. So it was a lot. It was a lot, but it, it was the only way I could do it, right? To like keep that part of me alive. So I've been, I've been this person my whole life. It's yeah. just, it's actually been harder than I thought it was going to be to kind of climb out of the sort of dancer title. I never really thought it was going to be that hard. I thought that like going to Juilliard for dance was just going to help me in the world as an artist, period. Right. But it put a big,
0: a title, a specific yeah, title yeah,
1: yeah. When you're trying to be a director, but like. Yeah. you also dance is in your that, work
0: is that the title you give yourself these days
1: as a director or is it only because I have to because I sorry not, I don't do coke I just have allergies and my nose is itching
0: <laughs> so much Ugh. Okay. Um, but I know it's much more complicated than that
1: it is it is I say director now because the kind of work that I want to do or the kind of work that I do it, it involves everything but I I'm the one that creates it. If I were to say I'm a director choreographer, which I used to say, I'll get hired as a choreographer sometimes. Mm -hmm. And that's totally great. I still welcome that, and I'm so happy to do it. But the problem with that is um, a choreographer, it's not all the time her vision, right? and it's not the whole picture. Um, And for me, it's the whole picture, uh, everything. And also, I direct films, and I edit films. I mean, I really feel more like a director. But I also choreograph. So, in a lot of my work, there's choreography and there's movement and there's dancers, and I'm teaching them like choreography I've been developing. But my mind makes everything directorial. Like, I write a script, I create the storyboards, I create the, the visuals, the cameras, everything, the camera angles. And then the last thing I do is fill it in with movement. Yeah. For me, it's like almost like Fellini's dialogue. Like, the way that Fellini would like, make this world and these scenes and these shots, and then later, like, dub like different dialogue than was actually written because he would like change the whole story and then all the characters are like moving their mouth but saying nothing. And then there's like this crazy like dub thing. That comes last for him. Like the, mm-hmm. the, the information is is just supporting the sort of visuals and the patterns and the music and the, the world. And that's how I feel about choreography. I feel like it supports the stories and the worlds that I'm making. And I like using choreography sometimes because it can get to a character in a different way and it's more visceral a lot of times um and i love working with dancers it's like ugh, they're just <laughs> geniuses but it, the work comes from a, not necessarily from movement you know the beginning of it the genesis is not uh, i want to try this movement it's never that right. it's always i want to i want to develop this image that is in my mind that i think is a story or I want to develop this particular story into like a series of these Im- moving images.
0: Can we talk a little bit? Because I'm so curious about this about how you piece together like the residencies and the grants you get mm-hmm. and the institutions that you work with, mm-hmm. both into like a financial life for yourself, but also just how you f- like, how you find those opportunities and how you. Um, I, don't, I don't know if you do how, <laughs> but how you can make the process of like the legwork of applying Mm -hmm. for those things yeah something that's uh manageable and yeah
1: yeah yeah definitely uh it's it's been an arc like everything else uh going out of school was a different way I used to do it and now I do it in a different way I think in the beginning I was like fierce applying for everything and I'm sitting in a lucky like I have a lucky uh Position in that I can apply for a film grant, a right. dance grant, right. a theater grant, an opera grant. Like can I can of tailor it exactly to fit in the parameters. That's Honestly, yeah. that is why I've survived off my work all these years because I am a chameleon in my work already. And if I need to survive and take a job, I can take a job in so like in a number of titles. Right. Um, so I've been able to to do that for a while. Um, and I always encourage students whenever I work with students to really listen to every part of who they are because they're not just this one thing and I've I've been working on that for so long in my life and I've allowed the all the aspects of myself to like flex their muscles that I feel confident as just a choreographer I feel confident as just a director as just an editor as just you know what I mean The, the one the writer that i'm still working i'm not eh, it's still hard for me but um i'm flexing that muscle now but um yeah so i think that when i was younger i just took advantage of that and decided to um, oh and as a producer as well um because i i've been producing for so long Mm -hmm. um it's not necessarily what i want to do but i developed that skill so i would take on any opportunity, any grant. And I would apply for grants. I would go to, there's different websites that you can go to where they all, they're all there. Right. And you can just like, uh, uh, New York, NYFA, NYFA. Mm -hmm. NYFA.org has a really good, um, platform for like a search engine for grants. And I would just like live there and make really intense schedules for myself of like all the deadlines. So I would do that once a year, actually twice a year sometimes, but I would just sit for, like, three days and just go through all the grant deadlines and then put them in my calendar and just know that that one's coming up, and I had to apply. I used to apply for so many grants. That, and I also used to um, just take every gig, every gig, and it sort of I made it work, but I also kind of, like, had all these crazy experiences when I was younger. Like, I would, I was writing, I would write grants for, like, um, like artists in different countries. I would... Um, I was doing, Did you just learn by doing it? Yeah, I just felt like out, I know. don't know. I had like you know sometimes when, like I was led out of Juilliard and I hadn't been myself for so long that I was like out, I was like I can do it all <laughs> and I just like had this like weird surge of like belief in myself <laughs> um, and I just kind of like took on these things that I had no experience in doing but I would just I, you know I'm a hard worker and I would yeah, just I like do it. Figure it out. Yeah, I was like I'll figure it out and I would convince people that I was like right for the job <laughs> and I had never done it before and I'll produce this thing. You know, sure, I know what I'm doing. Um, so I made it work, but I had all these, like, col- like almost like um, puzzle pieces of experiences. Mm-hmm. I, like, projection designed for, uh, like, an opera. And I and I was also dancing at the Met Opera. So mm-hmm. I was doing everything at once. <laughs> and it was kind of wild and it was scary. And I, I, I was barely making it for a really long time. Um, and now the pattern has shifted um, where I, I can't take everything. It was burning me out now it's it's like the the portfolio is strong enough i've made enough work now um i've made work that i feel really like it's personal it's like work that is true to me and i haven't sacrificed you know there's also work that i've sacrificed but those were you know meant to be sort of like hired work to do what was meant right right commercial work i I direct commercial work so you don't feel like you are bleeding to death when you're creating your own work while you're creating commercial work it feels totally awesome it's so fun actually yeah so yeah so now i I kind of ping pong between i'm always making my own work so my own projects are long-term projects and i give myself a lot of time to fund them right um i am very patient in developing my work because i want it to be the big thing it has to be yeah and so i take my time funding and it's a it's um I do it through grants, but I do it especially, most of the funding comes in partnerships. So for example, with the last show, we brought together a few different institutions. So I know one art institution can't afford very much money, but because my work is so kaleidoscopic, I guess, (laughs) um, there's dance, there's film, there's music, there's theater, uh, there's installations. Uh, Because of that nature, I thought, well, let's kind of like appeal to each you know, genre right. and find institutions that are interested in collaborating with different institutions yeah. um, and kind of put those puzzle pieces together. So for me, the work always mirrors the producing. So if the work is full of all these different kinds of aspects, then kind of I want to attract that as the funding source. Yeah. Or if the work is about women my work usually is, or this past piece was about, it was Medea, she's like a foreign woman, Um, then what what are the institutions that are passionate about this, the way I'm passionate about Mm it? So really just finding the people that are passionate about That particular aspect and see if they're also passionate about collaborating with another institution and opening their. The other thing is that it opens their community, it opens their network, and it opens their audience. Their audience, exactly. And that's a great thing. Like in my work, I never see anyone I know. (laughs) It's always like this really awesome mix of people, you know, because it's so many different institutions that are influencing um, the making of the work that I, I never know who's gonna be there but that's been a really that's been like a really great way and i actually think as far as like the economy of art making and and how tough things are i think we can only do projects now in collaboration with many institutions many people it takes a village literally um i think we can't do it anymore with like one institution one company i just i it's very rare it's very rare it's very rare and i think i'm not really interested in that sort of like that top tier of like artists that made it because that's just kind of bullshit to me. Um, by made it, I think we all, you know, sort of like, you know, this funnel of like, right. These are the people that made it and they're secure and they're safe and they have and sustainable those income. Are the people we're keep, going to keep going back to. Yeah. And exactly. Yeah. And I think that's really dangerous. And I also think it's dangerous for students Because I've been working with a lot of students and you ask them like, well, what what do you want to, like, what do you see yourself, like, what do you want to work towards? And a lot of them will say Broadway. It's like, well, do you actually want to work towards Broadway? Or is that just something that you see people in a sustainable and succeeding, succeeding, quote unquote. And I discourage that. you can
0: that. get a you can get a good paycheck doing Broadway, but it's totally. a very small number of people.
1: Yeah, but also, is that actually what you want to do? And is it the kind of art? That yeah, you is that we make actually <laughs> the kind of art? That's what I mean. Because if we just yeah. do the thing that seems like success and seems like the thing that's gonna, you know, make us feel like we've validated, you know, like all this hard work. I think the issue with that is that we sort of diminish the like depth of yeah the voice of the creative voice. And then we're not discovering anything new anymore. We're just kind of like doing what Hollywood is doing now, which is just like superhero franchises and like, Uh you know, let's just, let's just recycle. Let's just recycle. Let's just put all of our money into franchise and superheroes and then leave so little for everyone else. And that's, I mean, everything mirrors everything, right? That's sort of like where we are in our economy. That's where we are. It's where we've been for a long time, but now it's so, I mean, you could really analyze the art world in anything in any time period and it really is sort of a microcosm of everything but I think it's dangerous to see it that way it's dangerous to think that like for me I'm I can sure I can try to work hard to be a like a Broadway director that would be super sustainable I love Julie Tamer I want to be like her (laughs) she's like the only person I can like see myself similar just because she's a puppeteer and a director I don't know what it is right and she does so many different she does film and theater and opera Yeah. yeah so um but at the same time, like that's great. I'm not going to work towards that. I'm going to keep creating the works that I create and figure out ways to make them. It is exhausting. It's crazy, but I can make. I can really make something that is true and honest to to the thing that I'm trying to say, um, versus fit inside of a frame of whether that might be um, a proscenium stage or whether that might right. be, um, you know, a specific story that I'm supposed to be telling. I get to say the exact story I want to say, the way I want to say it, you know? And I think that's, yeah. it's the same agency that a sculptor or painter gets that a lot of times as theater artists or film artists, we don't get, you know, because it's it takes so much more. Yeah. I
0: love that you have the, that you call it patience. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Patience. Yeah. yeah.
0: Patience. But that you're not yeah. trying to fit it into the, the outline of something that's been done before.
1: No, and there's there's problems with that too <laughs> because it's you can't inspiring. tour the work. <laughs>
0: it's hard. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's hard. it's really yeah. inspiring too.
1: Yeah, it is inspiring. And I think there's a middle ground now because I've been doing so much of the work being so uniquely itself. Mm-hmm. It's very difficult to tour it because it's almost site-specific. It's very, you know, there's a lot of limitations and it's not sustainable in a lot of ways. So now I'm sort of finding the, the middle ground of like, yeah. you know,
0: you said you'd been doing some commercial directing. Uh, yeah, commercial income, di- which I l- love.
1: Yeah, teaching. I just do workshops. I haven't. It's hard for me to commit to right. a right. teaching job, but workshops have been great. Yeah, I take. I honestly, I take. I, now I'm taking work that I'm really inspired by. So I've been um, setting up a few music videos for these amazing female singers and performers. Um, that must be fun. It's really fun. It's really fun. And Cause it's like a project.
0: compact thing. This one song totally this one short film
1: and it's very much the way i work because i i work with music music is one of my biggest motivators yeah. um in anything film and live work so it really is it feels right it feels really great um oh, but i, I, want I want think a, yeah yeah season, soon hopefully <laughs> let me see how long we've been chatting yeah mm-hmm. probably for a while i talk so much
0: i love it we talk <laughs> so nice I'm so glad we're doing this.
1: Yeah. I do love talking about the economy of art though because it's it's such a real thing. And it's also like I will say one thing, like some like artists have developed so many habits that are working against their own self-worth, like like seeing self, you know, like seeing themselves as self-worth and the world around us is like puts these sort of like identities you know that starving artist, or like, right? Or it, taking
0: advantage of your generosity, taking
1: advantage of your generosity, and and because we're sensitive, I have to say it. Like we are oozing, like <laughs> mm-hmm. we're like open all the time <laughs> because we're so sensitive, um, and because we we wanna we wanna do what we love so bad, we allow ourselves to be taken advantage of because we want to we just want to do it we just want to yeah. do what we love fuck it fine I guess they're not paying me and fuck it fine I guess yeah, I really want to work with them and, but I really want to yeah. work with them and also I don't want to I don't want to look bad and there's so many other performers or directors or whatever but I think oh gosh it's 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 such a tragedy like <laughs> it's so tragic because you know, you would never hear a banker say that. <laughs> like, you would never hear a lawyer or a doctor. Like, you would never hear anyone else that exists in a sort of like uh, a traditional economy say anything like that. And we've just been doing it for so long. And I think it's it's the, we have to unteach ourselves and we have to teach the new generation to not do that because one person does it and it makes it impossible for everybody else. Yeah. So everyone has to say, no, I need a little bit of money or no, I need, or figure out what you need or what's enough for you because you could do something for free if you could do it and you could help a friend and a collaboration and that's a great system too. We help each other out and we do barters. But I think more times than none institutions that can afford or even commercial companies that can afford yeah. you don't and they take advantage of you and i think to un to teach or unlearn that inside is a huge process but once we do it's like a it really does it shifts things i'm still working on it but it's a yeah. real one
0: yeah that's super important yeah so if you are like in a really dark place are there any concrete things that you reach for time and again to kind of lift you out of it, like a a book that you go back to, or a film, Mm -hmm. or places
1: you go? Okay, when I'm in a really dark place, it's more of something I do. Mm -hmm. I try to find a pattern in my days, something to do every day, and usually it's either making my bed and um, having, like, my morning exercise, but I need a pattern, so I and I set sort of like very specific goals. Yeah, for myself for that for those days, very small scale, tiny tiny. Just for today, I'm gonna make sure I do two th- two of these things. Um, but but the pattern thing is very important when I'm in the dark place, because it literally imagine yourself as like a train. Right, And the engine is slowing down, and the momentum is dying. And that's really all we are. We just start to slow down. And the slower we get, the more time we have to think. And the more time we have to think, the more time we realize, oh my god, oh no, oh god. And so what I need is a way to get that engine just moving not super fast, because that's avoiding everything but just at a normal speed so that I can function and so that I can listen to myself and so that I can move forward in a healthy way. Right. Um, so the pattern is that picking up that engine, just in a normal way. Um, and that's really helpful. And that's just a tiny little step, and there's like a million other steps after yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: that. No, people always say that like if you... Put on your workout clothes. Like that's
1: the f- yeah, <laughs> that yeah. you're gonna work out. Yeah, like or or just stay home with your workout <laughs> clothes. I've done that. <laughs> or the making your bed thing. That, yeah, 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 yeah. That's really nice. Yeah, it's making just, your it's bed. The first, if
0: you take the first step, you're more likely to do it.
1: Yeah, and yeah. Um, and listening. Listen, honestly, like when that dark place starts to hit, I need to understand the dark place. I can't just like get out of it. I need to like hear why it's there. Mm-hmm. So it's both the pattern. In conjunction with okay what is actually happening in there
0: are you a journaler
1: no, no. I'm a talker <laughs>
0: you got to talk it out
1: I talk it out <laughs> I have a very he's my art husband he's his name's Brooke Hart and uh we're we're like connected at the brain and um yeah he's my like um, talk off the ledge person I think a lot of people have those yeah. and I just I talk it out with him and he's lovely and, and he he's not necessarily a talker but but um
0: he's a listener he's
1: a listener (laughs) he's lovely and uh we talk about his artwork and it's great so yeah but journaling or meditating um it's it's really just kind of like listening right different ways different people do it differently yeah
0: and the last question is have you seen anything lately that you want to recommend of any art form
1: have I seen anything lately that I wanna recommend? Or do you have
0: or like friends' shows or yeah, something yeah. you have coming up?
1: Oh well I saw an old movie recently that kinda of blew my mind. It's not something right now, is that okay? Yeah. Um, because I've, I've been kind of away from New York. I was in the woods for a little while. So I was watching like, <laughs> like, like movies that are on your list that you never get to. And I was like, this is the time I'm in a really scary You're in a tower, tower. <laughs> yeah, in the middle of nowhere with all the weird dogs that are going to attack me. I, it's a long story. Um, but I watched this movie called, uh, Mishima, oh, a life. Mishima. I think it's called a life in four chapters hmm. and it is wild. It is my favorite kind of cinema, which is like this weird uh, crossover between like film and theater, and uh, it's what era? Was it's it, made it was in? made in like the eighties. It feels like an eighties movie because so Mishima is is he's like a very famous. I'm gonna screw this up because I don't know enough about him, but he's a really famous Japanese author uh-huh. who wrote a series of very important. Works of literature, but also he uh, started a, a sort of like a militia cult that was based on like the old school principles of samurai, and the the way he dies in real life is that he um, he basically a, a, like attacks a, a military base in Japan, and he commits harikari He like he uh-huh. kills himself like the way a, a samurai would. Um, as a protest um it's it's epic he's and this is a film so a this is a film about film yes about this is a film about him and it's just wow. wild it's beautiful and it's a kind of cinema that I kind of love you know all that kind of like really beautiful like beautiful like beautiful shots images and, and images and it's just really interesting film yeah that's like the only one that comes to mind because it's so present in my head yeah. right now
0: well, yeah. that's a very strong
1: image. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> Yara, thank you. Oh, thank you. Yeah. It's really special. Yeah, this is great.
0: Thank you for listening to The Compass Podcast. I'm Leah Walsh. More episodes are coming soon. Please look for us on Facebook and iTunes. I'd like to thank the following people for their generosity. The Compass cover art is by Kim Miller, music by Brendan Spieth, audio assistance from Nick Choksi, and a special thanks to Frankie J. Alvarez. See you next time.